0: I'm your host, John Avery Lee. Today, my guest is Dr. Linda Nielsen. She has written a book between fathers and daughters. And today, our conversation is going to you know, basically move around that topic, how important fathers are to the upbringing of their daughters. The lead-in song was by Paul Simon. It's called Father and Daughter. And it was part of the Wild Thornberrys movies back in 2002. Was also nominated for an Oscar for the best song of the year. So I just want to kind of give that out there. I didn't know the song existed till about two months ago, and uh, I find it pretty good. Now my daughter McKenna is with me today. McKenna, what did you think of the song? Um, You like the song when we sit there and listen to it? Yeah. Excellent. Doctor, welcome to the program, and I really appreciate you coming on. You're very welcome. It's good to be here. Thank you. Now, uh, your background, you teach the only course in the country on relationships between fathers and daughters. Um, You work out of uh, Wake Forest University in North Carolina. What... Brought you into this specific field? Uh, why the father and daughter relationship? Uh, is there something there with your own father that that kind of moved you in that direction?
1: Uh, actually, no. There, there's no dramatic personal story there. But I was an, I am an adolescent psychologist. And so my background in teaching at the university was teaching adolescent psychology courses, and I I wrote a, a textbook on adolescent psychology. So about 20 years into my career, I started looking at adolescents' relationships with their parents, but particularly what struck me was there was no research out there on adolescent girls' relationships with their fathers. Plenty of research on adolescent girls' relationships with their mothers and on father-son relationship, but a big gaping hole in research on fathers and daughters, which struck me as very bizarre and troubling. What it meant was people aren't attending to this topic. The researchers aren't attending to it. Starting out in that direction, I realized, you know, if there's no wind row, somebody's going to have to find this research, create this research, and that's when I became really interested in the topic of teenage and young adult daughters' relationships with their fathers. Hence, I developed the course. At the same time, I married a man, a divorced father, who had two children, and they lived with us Mm part-time in a shared parenting uh, arrangement. Okay. So I was also observing... His relationship with his teenage daughter, and as a divorced father, of course, that's that's a very different dynamic than between uh, married fathers and their daughters. Oh, yeah, so, we're
0: definitely going to touch on that one as the interview goes along.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, though, you ask about my father, at the same time, I was 40 years old, my father did die mm. at that time, very unexpected death, but... My relationship with him, I would describe as the very typical, average, white, middle-class girl's relationship with her father, which was not terrible turmoil and conflict, but very clearly I was not as close to him as I was to my mother. And when he died, I realized I really had never gotten to know my father the way that I knew my mother. And that, again, I found very sad and troubling because I realized that's not just me. That's the typical father-daughter relationship. They love one another, but they don't communicate very comfortably, and they certainly don't have the same kind of uh, closeness and knowledge of one another as mothers and daughters do.
0: What about the stereotypes? And and we're going to say the the normal or we'll say average stereotype doctor, and then throw in there uh the race factor in this one as far as how uh, african uh, american men are portrayed.
1: Mm-hmm. I think the the most negative stereotypes that we have created of fathers regardless of race is that men don't care as much about their daughters as the mothers do and that men aren't interested in getting to know their daughters on a personal level that you're very comfortable just keeping things superficial with your daughters not showing your emotions, not having meaningful conversations, that that's fine with you guys. And that's absolute nonsense. Um, fathers do want to have a closer relationship with their daughters, but the stereotype is that's the mother's territory and the father
0: should back off. Is it the mother that's that's guiding that, uh, that feeling? Or is it society that's bringing that along or a combination of both? Because I'm thinking... Again, I have my daughter here, McKenna. Uh, she's 13. We pretty much talk about anything, and, and when and I mean that there is some stuff that's in depth that I think a lot of uh, fathers wouldn't discuss with their daughters. But I try to have an open relationship with her. But I guess getting back to what I was asking, is it that combination of society and then the mother saying, you know, this is this is where the line is drawn. You're not going to go any further.
1: Right. I think we go back to looking at society. Uh, sends the message to men and to women of how we are supposed to behave as parents, okay? Society sends women that message. Society sends men that message. We get that brainwashing. We get that brainwashed message from the time we grow up about when you grow up, here's how you're going to behave as a mommy, and here's how, as a boy, you're going to behave as a daddy, here's how you're gonna interact with your son, here's how you're gonna interact with your daughter. Once that script is set, people like you can say, nope, I'm not buying it, all right? I know that's the script, but I'm not playing by those rules. But most people stick with the script, and that's what the research shows us, that most mothers and fathers are still playing out very traditional roles in their relationships with their daughters. And that role is this. Up until the age of 10, it's fine for the dad to be equally involved with his daughter. Okay. But as soon as your daughter becomes a young woman, meaning once she enters early adolescence, the script says that the father and daughter are then supposed to have a less involved relationship because she's a young woman and she'd feel uncomfortable with having that kind of uh, candid conversations with you it's a mother-daughter thing and that's where we push the father off the stage at the same time you have to remember that the mother has been raised to believe that the closest relationship in that family is supposed to be between her and her daughter not between the father and daughter let me give you a quick example of that please i hear the mothers out there saying oh that's not true that's not true (laughs) so let's back up a minute let's say you're a mother or or a woman who someday may become a mother, imagine that your 20-year-old daughter is calling home about a problem with her boyfriend, and she has to speak to her father about it on the phone, not to her mother. Further imagine that that daughter is feeling uh, depressed. All right? She's okay. feeling very depressed. She's feeling very blue. She calls home. And asked to speak to her father, not to her mother. Most mothers are going to be very uncomfortable with that. Their feelings are going to be hurt. Because the mother will feel, why didn't she turn to me first with something that's that personal? Now, the mother won't feel that kind of jealousy if the daughter's calling to talk about money, all right? Yeah, or that's if what the we're in need for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right, or yeah. if the daughter's calling to talk about her grades in college because that's okay that's really not intimate
0: you know money I mean,
1: and your grades
0: that's surfacey very surface yeah, and very something surf- we're providing you with with money for your grades
1: right exactly so mothers don't feel left out or excluded or competitive or jealous but you get to that personal stuff and most mothers feel hurt uncomfortable competitive and jealous and that's not because the mother came up with this idea on her own. That's society's message. Turn on TV tonight and watch the commercials. The message is right there.
0: It's 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 interesting you say that. Um, myself growing up, my father uh, had a very close relationship with my sister until uh, family dynamics changed that. Um, I grew up watching specific television programs or movies where I saw that. Uh, the, and, and this is probably where I get... I saw, even back in the 80s, at times, I saw very strong fathers who mm. appeared to have close relationships with their daughters. Mm-hmm. Um, and my daughter will tell you today, it's out of common courtesy. What did daddy do today when you got in the car? What do you do when I get in the car? I open the door for you. Oh,
2: yeah. yeah, yeah open the door, open the door for Open the door
0: for you. But like any other woman, her mother or whomever would get in my car, I open the door for I like to think that's showing respect and appreciation, as I would want when she starts dating, mm-hmm. that I would want a man, a young boy, whatever, young man, an older, whatever it is, to do the same things for her, because I've taught her that. Is that something what we just? Is that something that's evolving, or is it still unusual to kind of want to be that uh, guideline for your daughter uh, well, as she goes further in life?
1: Right. Well, I think we have told fathers that here's the script you can play. You can. Be the guide and mentor for your daughter when it comes to grades, money, sports, how to fix her car, mm-hmm. all right? We, we've given you certain fields that you're allowed to play on. But where we have, we've done an injustice to fathers and daughters is we've told fathers. But when it comes to the personal stuff like sex and dating, okay, her body image, her... Um, her personal relationships with her girlfriends, then we say, no, those are mother-daughter conversations, not father-daughter. So we push the father into this script. Which, that's great that you teach your daughter about sports and mentoring her in the world of work. and But there's more than that that the father and daughter could be developing together. And when you talk about the personal meaningful conversations you have with your daughter, I assume some of those have to do with with her social life.
0: Oh, without a doubt. We See? we came back from uh, Cape May about uh, three or four weeks ago from seeing my aunt down in Cape May, New Jersey. We had about a two-and-a-half-hour drive. Is that right, honey?
2: Yeah, we were singing in the car. Singing in the car, Nine
0: talking five. about personal stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I told you then and there that uh, whatever you need, you can come to me as the same as you would go to your mother. But, but, Doctor, isn't that, does that take a strong personality for a man to be that way, or does it also take where the mother kind of steps back a little bit.
1: Yes. Well, obviously, McKenna's mother feels comfortable with you having this kind of relationship. She's not jealous and upset, right? Correct. She's, she's happy for the two of you. Mom's happy?
0: True. That's your Mom's glad yeah. you're here today. She's listening. Yeah. yeah. There you go.
1: Now, and you also said, um, John, that you saw your father and sister have this kind of meaningful relationship. So you had a good model there.
0: I had it. See? Up until about 14, as I was saying, we'll get into that as well, right. where divorce occurred. Yes, and, and that the changed dynamics it. changed. Right, right. But and
1: at least you saw from a father how to relate to a daughter in a meaningful way. Okay? And mm-hmm. meaningful doesn't mean you treat her like your little princess. Let's get over that. All right? No, meaningful, I don't treat you that way. No. <laughs> yeah, meaningful means... You're not my little princess. I love you, but you're growing up. I'm not going to treat you like a princess. I'm going to treat you like a growing up young woman. And we're going to talk about growing up young women things. So obviously, the mother being supportive of that is crucial. And a man saying, forget the script I've been brainwashed and told I have to do. I'm not doing it. I'm going to create the kind of relationship with my daughter that I feel is meaningful. i give you another specific example. I've had daughters in my course at the university tell me that as soon as they became teenagers, their friends would think it was very weird and their mothers would say it was very weird if the father and daughter went off together somewhere, say, for a weekend camping, or if they went off to uh, to, to spend time for three or four days together. People suddenly thought, this is strange. This is inappropriate.
0: And I'll be honest with you. You The quick flash in my head is the same thing. I'm thinking father and daughter go off camping for a few days. Yeah, it it does kind of conjure up an uncomfortable feeling.
1: Right. And think about that. That's sick. It is. That's a very sick stereotype to have of you as a father or you as a daughter. That we can't go off camping together and all of a sudden you're going to assume, what? And we all know what. You you start thinking all these sexual, inappropriate things, which is just such an insult to fathers and to daughters. It's a tremendous insult. My husband goes scuba diving with his daughter every year. They've done it for the last ten years. They go off for a week scuba diving. That's All nice.
0: right? Yeah.
1: Because of the expense involved, of course they have to share a room. You know, he yeah. can't afford two separate rooms for them. My no, it's goodness. very
0: expensive.
1: It's very expensive. Now, you know, and you're wearing uh, skimpy bikinis and, you know, stuff to go diving in. Well, if people think that's weird or uncomfortable... That shows me that they don't know what a healthy father-daughter relationship looks like.
0: Well that's what we're gonna to touch on when we come back from the break, Doctor. You're listening to Life on It and your host John A. Really Tay, my guest, is Dr. Linda Nielsen. We she has written a book between fathers and daughters, and we are talking about those those relationships and be back in a few moments. If you
3: the women's professional soccer playoffs are here. Come see your hometown Philadelphia Independents as they do battle against the best female soccer players in the world. Right in your own backyard. Support Tasha Kai and Amy Rodriguez and the rest of the Independents superstars as they begin their quest for the first ever WPS Championship. Come out to PPL Park in Chester as the Independents host the WPS semifinals this Saturday, August 20th at 4 p.m. Gates open at 3 p.m. Call Comcast Tix at 800-298-4200. That's 800-298-4200, or visit www.comcasttix.com. Declare your independence and secure your tickets for the 2011 WPS playoffs today. Real Philly, real soccer.
4: Tune in every weekday morning from 6.30 till 7 for The Brin Project with your host, Bryn McHenry, who shares her show with interesting guests and topics. Here's just one example of the response we're getting. That's a fantastic
0: new energetic program, and I'm I'm glad WCHE went that route. And I I do believe she's got one of the most genuinely energetic and interesting shows. I've only been able to hear it a few times so far, but I I am
3: confident that's going to stick.
4: That's The Brin Project every morning at 6.30 on 1520 WCHE, the new voice of Chester Counting.
3: The Sports Chatter at Chester County is heard every day from 2 to 3 p.m. with your host, Bill Warndale, on WCHE 1520 on the dial or WCHE 1520.com. We will bring on players and coaches from today and yesteryear, and we'll delve into the sports issue that impact Chester County sports. Remember, the Sports Chatter at Chester County with Bill Warndale heard daily from 2 to 3 on WCHE 1520 a.m. or WCHE 1520.com.
4: Hello there, this is Al Meltzer. You're listening to WCHE 1520 AM, the talk of Chester County.
0: Welcome back to life, unedited. I'm your host, John Lee. Today, my guest is Dr. Linda Nielsen. She has written a book Between Fathers and Daughters. Doctor, tell us how we can get a copy of your book. Uh,
1: the easiest way to do that is just type in my name, okay. uh, Linda Nielsen, and you'll get my university w- website. The other thing you can do is just type in fathers and daughters, and my name will pop up there. So, Wake Forest University, Dr. Linda Nielsen. Give you all the information and much more information for fathers and daughters.
0: That's exactly how I found you. I wanted to find a topic on this. I typed that in, and your name came up pretty much everywhere. Yes, is good. Which is excellent <laughs> for you. You know, I, I read the book. Um, it, it definitely opened my eyes up to some things I didn't know. Uh, made me feel good about other things that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely a, a guide a blueprint, maybe for for fathers and you know for fathers and how they're going to handle you know what's going to come up with their daughters. Um, do you think as fathers, uh, besides being a little bit afraid because society kind of makes us that way, are we just not equipped to be that kind of role model, the deep one we're talking about for our daughters, or, or are we just like I said, are we just afraid? We just don't know what to do.
1: I think part of it is that, again, from the beginning, you've been told you're not as good as the mother is at this, all right? Think of fathers as if they are purple people, and from the time that you are born as a purple person, the whole society is telling you, purple people aren't as gifted as pink people are Hmm. in terms of raising daughters and knowing what the daughter needs and being important to your daughters. Purple people, you just don't have it the way that pink people do. Pink people, obviously, we're talking about here, mothers. You know, some people actually, honest to goodness, believe there is a maternal instinct that automatically women know how to take care of children because of maternal instinct. That's total nonsense. There's not one bit of research that supports that. Maternal instinct is a myth. But how many people, men and women, believe in maternal instinct? There's no research to support it. So again, it's like saying, pink people have maternal instinct, purple people don't. (laughs) So if you start from all those messages telling you at the get-go, you're not as good at raising McKenna as a pink person is, you're going to begin to believe it. If you hear it often enough as a purple person, you'll believe it. If you believe it, you won't even try to do those sorts of things, have that kind of relationship with your daughter, because you'll think first you're no good at it or not as good, not as good as a pink person. We also tell you purple people, you fathers, that the most important thing you can do for your daughter is
0: provide, fill in the blank, money. Yeah, basically, yeah, that's how it's made. If if you look it back at television over the years, um, you know, that's where you go for the father. Girl calls it's from money. college, Dad I need a car, Dad I need some that's money. Right. Yeah. And and therefore, if the fathers the purple people
1: have been told your main job as a loving parent is to provide financially as most as best you can, as much as you can for your daughter. All right? Mm-hmm. You pink people that's not your responsibility. You, you, you don't have to feel that your main job as a pink parent is to provide money for your daughter. No. <laughs> All right. Right there then, as a purple person, you are not going to have the confidence because you don't have the belief that you are equal to the pink people. You're equal to the pink people. Right? The pink people don't have an instinct for doing this.
0: That kind of allows for, if you think about it for a second, by telling us purple people, which is the, our, mm-hmm. the fathers here, it kind of gets us off the hook. It, if it, you think about it. Well, it, it gets you off the hook but puts you on another hook. Yes. We've
1: got you on the hook of you've got to make the money. Yeah. And, and you can't back off doing that or we're going to tell you you're not being a good father to your daughter. You know, if you're going to cut back your your income and cut back your work week to spend more time with your daughter, we say, what a lazy father you are. So it gets you off the hook in terms of saying, you don't need to take the time, as much time to build this meaningful relationship, but it puts you on the hook of saying, we're not going to give you the time to build that kind of relationship because we're going to keep
0: you at work. Well, here's a two-part question then. How important are fathers in specific areas? How do we set the tone, say marriage, education, uh, personal relationships? At the same time, I think as a father, and, and even I've thought this way, as my daughter gets older, our relationship will become better. Because yeah. she, I mean, that's the way, I, I think a lot of men think like that. Let mom handle the teen years. Right. Because of all the changes that are going on. And then we kind of take a back step. And then when she gets out of college or gets into college, whatever, then we, we come in and we start to develop that close relationship. Right. Is, that, that's, is that something that's thought about as like a pattern men think of?
1: Yeah, that's an excellent point because that's another part of the nonsense. If you back off during those teenage years and you back off during those college years, you purple people say, well, you know, we've been told that these are the years that the mother-daughter thing takes over. We'll step back in here when she gets out of college, or we'll step back in here when she's a junior or senior in college, and we'll start talk career stuff. The point is, once you break that comfortable communicating. Let's just say you and McKenna right now, for the next five or six years, you you terminate the level of conversation you're having right now. Do you really think you can drop back into that again in six years? No, because it takes practice and it takes that building and building and building. It's just like a marriage. You don't drop out of your marriage for five years in terms of doing the things that keep you comfortable and close and communicating and then expect five years later you can pop back in and pick up where you left off relationships don't work
0: that way how do we set the tone for marriages Uh, our daughters, future marriages their relationships uh, their own self respect Uh, from what I've read and reading your book was definitely one of them if a woman, a young woman, has a close relationship with her father, there's less chance of uh, drug or alcohol problems, mm-hmm. domestic violence, mm-hmm. uh, educational goals are met much more easily.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, it, it really it, it, And I've been and my brother feels the same way. He lives down in Houston with his daughter, Chelsea, and they're extremely close. She's 10 going on 11. And we've talked about this. And. We believe everything that, that that we're talking about today, about how important it is for the father to set the tone. Because I want my daughters uh, to grow up and be strong women. That way they don't end up with wimpy men. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the research backs you up there. There is a stronger relationship for career success, financial success, academic success, and the kind of relationships the daughter has with men, that is much more closely related to the kind of relationship she has with her father than to the quality of her relationship with her mother. And that's that's very consistent in the research. In other words, for those, I call them the M&Ms, like M&M candies, okay? M&Ms are men and money. <laughs> Everything having to do with the relationships your daughter has with men, and I'm not talking about just social relationships, her men as bosses, men as professors, men as colleagues, okay? Her relationships with men, and then the second M in the M&M is money. Well, what's tied to money? How much education she gets, how well she does in school, how well she does in the workforce, how well she knows how to negotiate for a better salary. The M&Ms are more closely related to the father-daughter relationship than to the mother-daughter relationship.
0: And I can see that because the, the different dynamics that a man brings into a situation, even though today, uh, you know, things all things being equal, women working outside the home now for the last 30 or 40 years, the whole nine yards there's still a dynamic that a man brings to a situation. And and I see that Mm -hmm. with with both my daughters Mm -hmm. and how I interact with them. What should a man be afraid of? What should a father be afraid of when he's trying to go into this kind of relationship with his daughter? Because, you know, as we're talking here, it is unusual to try to go in this direction. It's a conscious decision.
1: Well, it is, and that's where, if we can, can, can we ask your daughter, you know, does she feel that her relationship with you is unusual? Do all her girlfriends <laughs> have relationships like this? Go ahead, um, baby.
2: Not exactly. My dad has a really different relationship. We share a lot of different things together.
0: Interesting, so and so forth. You know, it, it's funny because um, when I was growing up uh, down in Jersey, in the Jersey Shore, uh, I had a friend who became a girlfriend as as we got older and went through high school, her father and her, I thought, had a strange relationship. Uh, you know, they'd push each other, they'd hit each other. Not in a bad way, just jokingly. Hmm. And they would have, you know, it just it was a very, to me it seemed bizarre uh, in, in how they interacted. But as I got older and I watched them later on and then I became a father myself with having a daughter, I understand it now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. you know, that joking around is a bonding thing. It doesn't have to be done with your son. Mm-hmm. You can do it with a daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, McKenna, we joke around and uh, McKenna hits me pretty hard to be quite yeah. honest with you, <laughs> but, uh, the, but the funny thing is though, and we've established these rules, enough's enough. Yeah. When I say it's done, We're now, we're now on, we're now at the different footing now, different setting. I am dad.
2: And he uses a certain word. He says disappointed, and I know when he says that word, it's something really serious, and
0: And that's only been said a few times in your 13-year existence. (laughs) But, but (laughs) that's is it? Is it? I see other fathers, and I, you know, we go to sporting events and stuff, and I see a couple different types there, doctor. Mm -hmm. I see the type that's yelling at their daughters on the field. Uh, you know, just as you would a son twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know mm-hmm. sports are different now. Mm-hmm. I've seen that, or I've seen the fathers that look apathetic to the situations. like, God, do I really have to be here? Mm-hmm. And then there's the other ones I like to think myself. My, will say, do I ever yell at any you?" No. I don't say anything.
2: He talks to me privately afterwards about it, but he won't make me feel bad about it if I do
0: I always ask you can I give you some advice are you okay to listen Mm
2: -hmm. okay that's
1: very excellent and McKenna this is what you're saying one of the best pieces of advice I could give to, uh, to fathers okay two pieces of advice one is spend time alone with your daughter alone no mother no other siblings just one on one don't back off of that once she becomes a teenager one-on-one time, absolutely alone. You mentioned, for example, traveling for two-and-a-half hours
0: in the car together.
1: I was All fine. Right? Yeah.
0: I was actually fine.
1: <laughs> so that's what we're after here, is first for the fathers, have that time alone with your daughter. The second piece of advice I'd give to fathers is exactly what you and McKenna just brought up. When you want to help your daughter and you try to give her advice, what she is going to hear is criticism. (laughs) It's so hard to give a daughter advice because her brain interprets it as criticism or you're trying to control her. So in the book, I talk a lot about how to give advice to your daughter so that she doesn't shut you out and say, dad, you're criticizing me. Dad, you're trying to control me. And one of the techniques is just what you mentioned, which is you ask Your daughter. Do you want some advice? Do you want my help and input on this? And if she says no,
0: then leave her alone. And I think I did that pretty well, didn't I? Because you you need to cool off. I want to go in a in a depressing direction now. And and when you and I spoke a couple weeks ago, I was shocked by this statistic. As a matter of fact, I shared it with my uh, my wife, and my father was in town, and I shared it with him. 30% or, sorry, 70% of all young girls will uh, reach 18 without having uh, the father in the home? Without
1: spending the first 18 18 years years. with their father. Yeah, let me put it this way. 30% of the daughters in our country, their parents are going to get divorced before the daughter turns 18. So for that 30% of the daughters, they are going to spend some time between the ages of 1 and 18, not living with their fathers. Most divorces take place in the seventh or eighth year of the marriage, so for most of those daughters, they're going to spend many years not living with their fathers. All right? Mm -hmm. The second group, which is now larger than the divorce group, is the out-of-wedlock births. Last year, we reached 40% of the children born in this country were born to parents who are not married many of whom will never get married. That means that that 40% of daughters is even less likely than those whose parents are divorced to spend 18 years, the first 18 years of their lives, living with their fathers. So now we've got the typical American father-daughter, the average father-daughter, are not going to spend the first 18 years of her life together.
0: And there's an influence, I would assume, too. After a divorce, there's obviously a lot of hurt feelings, a lot of anger, resentment. And I would have to believe that if a daughter is growing up primarily in the home with the mother, some of that has to spill over into how she will view her, her father and men in general.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And unfortunately, uh, the way the divorce laws are in our country today, um, unless a man has money, To hire a lawyer, a lot of money and a lot of time, the typical divorce settlement gives the mother 85% of the parenting time. Yeah. 85%. In other words, the father gets every other weekend and maybe an occasional weekday, but that breaks down to 15% parenting time for the father, 85% for the mother.
0: Well, well how much resentment then, and, and I'll go backwards into my my brother or my sister's relationship with my father, they were very close, and at that age of fourteen, the the separation and divorce uh, you know, occurred. I saw a change in my sister um, mm-hmm. uh, a sort of resentment to my father mm-hmm. uh, well, you know, well, unfortunately,
1: what happens and this is research, unfortunately, what happens is before a divorce. Keep in mind what goes on in most typical marriages. Before a divorce, most mothers and daughters are spending a lot more time together, and when they're together, they're talking about a lot of personal stuff. Okay? Mm -hmm. That's the level of the conversation. It's very personal. When the divorce is occurring, meaning as that marriage is getting more and more miserable, all right, the mother... In the typical family, the mother is sharing more information with the daughter about what's going wrong in that marriage. You following me here? I'm listening. Okay. So before the divorce occurs, the mother and daughter are already talking about the father. And when I say talking about, that mother may not sit the daughter down and say, your father's an idiot. He's a louse. What a jerk. A lot of it's nonverbal, the way the mother is looking at the father, the way she rolls her eyes, the tone of voice. So the daughter is already picking up, way before the divorce, most daughters are picking up that dad is a bad guy, all right? Things are going on here, and dad's at fault.
0: Yeah. So
1: then... Then by time, in other words, the stage is already set, so by time the divorce takes place, the daughter and mother are already sharing more information with each other. The mother and daughter are already um, more comfortable communicating about personal things. And now we take the father away and give him 15% parenting time. Well, then who's got the microphone here yep. telling the daughter, because a daughter is going to ask, why did you and dad get divorced? Fourteen-year-old girls are going to ask that question. All right? You got it. A 14-year-old boy may say, I don't want to know. I'm going to go play ball, you know? Yeah. But a 14-year-old girl, we're interested in relationships, everybody's relationship. <laughs> and so that girl's going to be asking her mother, why did you and dad get divorced? and unfortunately it's understandable you know when you get divorced you're angry you're hurt with your ex ex-spouse understandably the mother conveys information to the daughter that casts the father in a bad light and un- invariably i bet you if you ask your sister today you know What messages was she picking up about your father and who was giving her those messages?
0: And I have to agree with you on that one. If I think back enough, I know in what direction you're going with. And and the next question for me, um, kind of a two-parter here, Uh, a single father, how does he handle the situation to make sure he doesn't lose that bond with his daughter? And what do you do with a stepdaughter? Uh, To me, uh, having raised a stepdaughter, and it took a while uh, for us to get close. Uh, She's now off at college, graduates next year. Our closeness started to come more so uh, when she went off to college. Mm -hmm. I felt the change there. We talked a lot more. It's not uncommon for me to send a text message telling her I'm proud of her because of what she's doing in school, on the field, whatever. How do you handle those two dynamics? Because as a man... If I'm going to pull back, it's more than likely going to be in a stepdaughter situation or in a situation where I'm not uh, involved as a primary parent anymore. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think th- there's two separate questions there. So for divorced fathers, you know, what we would hope for divorced fathers is, despite the fact that you are fighting an uphill battle, and you are, to try to stay engaged with your daughter. to to try not to withdraw from her. And that's very hard to do when somebody's being critical and rejecting of you. And so I say to fathers, even if your daughter's refusing to see you, you know, continue to send her emails or continue to send her cards or letters just to let her know you have not run away from her. She's the one running away from you. All right? Okay. Then hopefully at some point uh, when she's no longer living At home or when she gets older and you know signs up for courses like mine she takes (laughs) another look at that relationship and says hmm i may want to revisit this now in terms of what really went on in the divorce and between my parents and she may then be willing to reconnect with her dad but she's not going to be willing to reconnect if he has disappeared from the stage entirely interesting and for a stepfather, I think that depends really on what kind of relationship that daughter has with her own father.
0: How about a um, negative one? How about one where the, where the father just disappears?
1: Yeah, I think there the best advice for stepfathers is act as if you're an uncle, all right? Hmm. You, you care about this person. You, you, you love her. You're building a relationship with her. But don't try to present yourself as a father Be there as her uncle, because if you try to take over the father's role, you don't know how she's going to respond to that. She may welcome it. She may resent it. If you come across as an uncle, nobody's going to resent that, because you're not trying to take the father's place. You're not trying to compete with him. You can still be a mentor, a a loving, supportive person, you can be, I mean, an uncle can sometimes be more important to somebody than their father, you know. Uh, so I'm just saying try to redefine that role so that as a stepfather you don't feel like you're being rejected because she's not treating you like a father. Well, you're not her father.
0: You're right. He just, I blanked for a second because I'm going back on my relationship with my stepdaughter, and I don't think you could have nailed it any better. We're going to take a break here. We're talking to Dr. Linda Nielsen she has written a book called between fathers and daughters and we are talking about those such an important relationship between fathers and daughters and we'll be back in a few
4: moments and for a fraction of a second you can't remember Brenda's Vac Shop has the brand new revolutionary Mila Vacuum Cleaner. Gets every edge, every curve, every corner with easy maneuverability. Now this is the vacuum cleaner that everyone's waited for because it does it all without any frustration. Brenda's Vac Shop also carries other lines at different prices to fit any budget. Plus, she can easily repair your present vacuum. So call or visit Brenda's now. 41 North Bailey Road in Thorndale, across from Citadel or the Westchester Store, 135 East tomorrow Market. Market Street, call 610-384-6001 or in Westchester, 610-696-6464. Brenda's Back Shop, they sell the best and service the rest. Wish there was a local hardware store that provided friendly, personal service, helping you find exactly what you need? gets you in and out of the store quickly with prices that meet or beat the big box stores? Well, look no further than Ace Hardware of Westchester. Ace of Westchester is a full-service hardware store that has everything you need for your home or project, lumber, glass and screening repair, key cutting, small engine repair, an incredible supply of nuts, bolts, and fasteners, and they even carry a complete line of mason jars for candy. Give your home instant curb appeal or brighten a room with Benjamin Moore paint. They also have all the swimming pool supplies you need to keep your pool water crystal clear. And Ace Hardware of Westchester is the exclusive local Ace home of Craftsman Tools. Ace Hardware is on Strasburg Road just past the Daily Local News building, and they're open seven days a week for your convenience. Ace and Ace Hardware of Westchester is the helpful place. Discover Gettysburg.
1: I can't believe that so many people fought out here. The monuments, the cyclorama was okay before, but how they have it displayed now, it makes you feel like you're
4: right there. Anything about the town, the people from there, the history, it's just kind of fascinating. historical,
1: yet, you know, it's keeping up with the times. It's just a unique place.
4: Experience the 150th anniversary of the Civil War in Gettysburg. Start today at www.gettysburg.travel. The Gettysburg National Military Park Museum and Visitor Center offers unlimited inspiration for your Gettysburg experience.
1: The AAA gem attraction engages visitors of all ages with the cyclorama, the film A New Birth of Freedom, and the Museum of the American Civil War. Three
4: attractions, one ticket. Then plan your battlefield tour. Proceeds benefit battlefield preservation. Plan for unlimited inspiration. Visit the Gettysburg National Military Park Museum and Visitor Center. Advance tickets and more information available at GettysburgFoundation.org.
3: Hi, I'm Bill Berge from the Philadelphia Eagles, and you're listening to WCHE
0: 1520 AM, the talk of Chester County. that song I gotta be honest I found it on a fluke I really do I found it on a fluke oh about two months ago on a Friday night and uh, I have to admit it makes me it makes me very emotional uh, it really does I love being with you hun.
2: I love being with you you like being with me yes
0: let's hope you keep feeling that way mm-hmm. this is definitely fun oh. Doctor um, uh, tell us again how we can find your book Between Fathers and Daughters
1: uh, you can just type in Between Fathers and Daughters that'll take you to Amazon Or you can just type in my name, Linda Nielsen. That'll take you right to Wake Forest University website. Or you can just type in fathers and daughters, and my name will pop up
0: there, too. Everywhere. Pops up everywhere, which is great. Let's uh, get the final uh, 10, 12 minutes here of the show. And I want to throw in something else now that fathers have to contend with worldwide, I would assume. Another dynamic that's thrown in uh, culture and religion. How difficult does that make? For a man to want to get that close to his daughter, because now you're taking things out of what is considered specific, specific roles. Uh, help me out here. Okay, I'm not uh, maybe, quite, okay maybe I'm not quite going to get there. Different cultures around the world. They keep the roles separate between mother and father. Right. Period. Right, same right. thing with like religion. Religion's the same way. This is the way the mother's going to be. This is where the father's going to be. Right. How do right. you kind of cross that? Because you're really handling a lot of barriers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I
1: think again, we're the work that I do and what I'm discussing is about um, American fathers and daughters, or fathers and daughters in countries similar to uh, America, where you. You do have an influence of culture and religion, but not in a way that uh, on father on family relationships. Yes, there is a, an influence there, but not in a way that you might be thinking of very very um, strict cultural guidelines. Or, but let me give you an example. For okay. example, Asian American fathers and daughters tend to have less communicative relationships than other groups of fathers and daughters because in asian american culture there are stronger gender roles that say you know the fathers with sons and daughters the mm-hmm. fathers are uh acculturated to be less communicative with their children less emotional uh displaying less f- physical and emotional affection so there are differences culturally on the other hand and I I cannot remember the name of the group, but there's a group out in Mm -hmm. California that's specifically designed now for Asian American fathers to help them understand that their daughters are growing up in a culture where being affectionate and expressing feelings and saying, I love you, that that's part of your daughter's cultural group. And as a father, you need to sort of try to get more acculturated to the younger generation. You see what I'm saying?
0: Yes, yes. Hopefully it's changing with each generation.
1: Exactly. In other words, we've got two generations here where with the younger generation, despite race or ethnicity, they have more common expectations, the younger people do. It's the father's generation where we find those cultural and religious differences may be holding the father back.
0: Let's, um, let's jump ahead a little bit. i finish up the last segment on how to reconnect between fathers and daughters. Uh, maybe things didn't go too well uh, during the teenage years. Maybe the father bowed out. Maybe the, the daughter just shut out. How do you fix that? Because at a certain point, and I think it's with most people, you start to take a look at your life and a little bit back, you go, geez, these are the things that really matter. Mm-hmm. How do I fix it? How do you take that step? for both parties, the father and the daughter.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, actually, I have a chapter there on rebuilding and reconciling. And I literally have uh, written a letter there in the book. You know, it's like, here's a recipe. Mm -hmm. I've written a letter and said, use this letter as your template, as your model. That letter could be an email, of course, you know, where you say, Basically, I want to start again, I want to rebuild, if there are apologies to be made, you can make an apology. In other words, I've given you sort of a formula there in the book for how to send out that first first message, you know, what do you say and how to say it. An important part of that is for the father or the daughter, especially if you haven't seen one another physically, you haven't been together maybe for a couple of years, send a picture of yourself along with the letter. It's really important when we haven't seen someone for a few years in this father-daughter rift, to get a picture of that person for who they really are now versus this image you have in your mind of somebody who's angry or grumpy or petulant. Or We need a new visual image of that person But I have, again, a very specifically worded letter in the book to say, use this as your starting point. The other part to remember is that we all do change. So if a father is sitting there remembering this very angry teenage girl who didn't want anything to do with him, there's a lot of maturing that takes place between 15 and 25. The same is true for daughters. If you think that the reason you haven't heard from your father or the reason that he seems to have backed away, if you're assuming that that's because he doesn't care about you, try to imagine that you've got that wrong, that there are reasons other than that he doesn't care about you. The biggest one being he's afraid you're going to reject him. Hmm. He's afraid of being rejected. You're sitting there feeling rejected and thinking he doesn't care about you. He's sitting there afraid that if he reaches out to you again, you're going to reject him. So both people are fearing rejection, and neither person's taking the first step.
0: I, I can understand that. Um, how about uh, joint therapy, to some degree? How about sitting down with a counselor, if both parties can agree to it? This might expedite the situation a little bit more quickly?
1: Mm, I don't necessarily no. think so. Okay. No, I, I, my apologies to therapists, but I think... <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I I do have a degree in psychology, and I, I think therapy can be very useful. But to reconnect with somebody, we first got to be able to just the two of us sit down for an hour together and look each other in the face and have that as our starting point. If much later the two of us think a therapist would help, that's fine. But most fathers and daughters, I find, they can do it on their own once they take the first step, it's that first step that's the scary one.
0: How do you break the cycle now? I'm, I'm thinking about this. You're dealing with, with cultural things. You're dealing with marriage, which is quite volatile as any relationship, if not more so at times. Uh, how do? You, where does it begin? How do we start making a better pattern uh, of existence with fathers and daughters? How do we break well, through?
1: Well, I think... Pink people, who now have the upper hand here, all right, we pink people, uh, society sends a lot of positive messages about mothers, and we pink people could do more to help the purple people, the fathers, feel valued, welcomed, and equal to us. This means starting in our homes. There's no reason that mothers right now, today, can't start in their families by saying, this father and daughter in this family are going to go away at least a couple of hours a week and be alone with one another. That's an immediate immediate thing that pink people can do. Mothers can start right now carving out that time for fathers and daughters. You know, the purple people, you fathers, why don't you just sit down and think about how you've been brainwashed? And that should make you mad. You know, turn on the, if you're a father, I want you to turn on TV tonight and I want you to watch the commercials and what message that's sending about you. So the first step is to get agitated enough fathers to say, "I'm not going to accept the script anymore. I'm going to create a more relate, a more meaningful relationship with my daughter.
0: And, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking about this too. My, my wife, and obviously McKenna's mother, Encourages us. She never has not Mm -hmm. wanted us to uh, to have time together. McKenna shaking her head. Daddy and daughter date night. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Phillies game coming up with the playoffs. I promised you that night game. Mm -hmm. We're going to see that. Uh, I think I think it's great uh, for us, and I and I hope other Mm -hmm. fathers can get involved. And and I want to kind of like almost end it here with, with something I read once, and I wish I could find out whom I'm quoting. But I can't and and what I read was uh, the only pure love a man will ever know is the love of his daughter mm. because mm. They, they they don't want anything they just want mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. I think if more men thought that way um, it, it would make the difference in relationships i haven't raised sons, uh, so I don't have any experience there, but I do know the joy of raising my daughters. Mm. And I have to admit, I do know the joy of watching them succeed in things and then being with them to share that and also to share in the failures and everything that goes on in Mm -hmm. life. I I, I take a lot of pride in being a father of daughters.
1: Well, I'd be curious not to take over the ending of your show here, but to know what your daughter would like to say as the ending for your show. Does she have any advice or input for any of us?
0: I have no idea. Go Um, ahead. Her father? (laughs) Go ahead.
2: Well, um... Like you were saying, don't corner us in and tell us really bad. Like, just keep criticizing us. That'll just make us even angrier. Yeah. You really have to sit down and have like a conversation with us. Don't do it in front of a bunch of people. Don't embarrass you. Uh
1: huh. And what would you tell the daughters? Yeah,
3: daughters? we tell the daughters.
2: Well, the fathers are just trying to help you out. That's all they're really trying to do. You may take it to heart. If like they're doing something bad to you, or you think they're doing something bad, they're really they're learning just as much as you are.
0: Hmm. And, baby, I'm going to tell you something. I take pride in that because we have a friendship, but I'm also your father, and that's where the buck stops. But I'll always be there for you. I promise you that. I love you very much. Me too. (laughs) Now I'm getting emotional. (laughs) We're going to end the show. You may listen to Life Unedited. My host has been Dr. Linda Nielsen from Wakes Forest University down in North Carolina. She has written the book Between Fathers and Daughters. Doctor, thank you so much. And I think we definitely touched... A lot of different men's souls today.
1: You're so welcome, and you too, father and daughter, have a good day.
0: Thanks, doctor.
1: All right. Bye-bye.